You're listening to episode 10, I Feel Pretty. Hello, darlings, and welcome to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast with your girl, your host, Portia Scott. This is a podcast with the mission to inspire and empower you to take your life off autopilot, optimize the power of your uniqueness, and execute intentionally in every area of your life. Hello, darlings. I can't believe it, but this is the last episode of the season. I don't know if my disbelief is in the fact that I actually started this or if it's in the fact that I kept going. I mean, for real, it's so easy to start, but it's so much harder to keep going. Not only that, but I put out a petition last week to help us get to a thousand listens before the end of the season. And today, as I record this, we are at 1,094, so thank you. So we're going to take a break to record more content and to take in all the feedback from season one. We'll be back bright and early on Thursday, October 10th. So this gives you two weeks to catch up on any episode you missed or binge listen to them again. Also, it gives you the opportunity to share it with your friends, with your followers, with your loved ones if you're having a great time. Also, if you'll take the time over these two weeks, if you haven't had the opportunity to give us a rating and a review on iTunes, now is the perfect time to do it. So thank you so much. I am so looking forward to season two and all that that's going to bring for us. So let's go ahead and hop in today's episode. So we start the episodes, uh, the episodes with what we are grateful for. And today I am grateful for me. I know that sounds a bit conceited and self-absorbed, but it took me a long time and I still have to work through loving me as much as I can. If I don't love me, it is absolutely impossible for me to love the people that I'm around the people that I come in contact with and I am in love with me. I am in love with the person with the quirks that God has created me to be and the person that he has created me to be to impact the world. I'm grateful for me. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie I Am Pretty with Amy Schumer, but it is hilarious. Ultimately, the main character, Renee, played by Amy Schumer, deals with insecurities about her looks when during a soul cycle class. Has anyone ever been to a soul cycle class? Okay, so back to the subject at hand. Anyway, she's in this class and she falls and she hits her head. And when she comes to, she starts to see herself differently. Nothing has happened. She's just fallen and hit her head. Nothing has physically changed about the way she looks. But when she looks at herself, she is completely changed. What would we do if we were completely oblivious to what people thought? And this is really what it was that I'm sure there are a few things, you know, you would do for starters, I would throw on a bikini. I'm kidding. Maybe. But seriously, what would you do if you had no idea or experience with people's thoughts about you, good or bad? The issue with understanding the good only is that if there are good thoughts, then there has to be bad thoughts. So I don't marry either. 
But if there's no recollection that people had an opinion of us and that the only opinion that really mattered was the way I looked at myself and the only competition was me. So the character Renee, she begins to just see herself in a different light, in a different perspective. And it just really puts into context that the way that you see yourself on the inside and those narratives that go through your mind about yourself, it's so important that whether or not the opinions of others or the opinions of others uh, matter. And so in this particular movie, she is not moved because even though people see her a certain way, she's so confident in the way that she sees herself that it exudes in every area of her life. I'm just trying to figure out what would happen if we had no idea about the opinions of others because we were so confident, we were so sure that even if I have shortcomings, even if I have these weaknesses, that even in those weaknesses, I am enough and I still love me for me. Like if our only competition was ourself, would you go ask for that raise? Would you have raised your hand in class? I see you. I know you had a question, but for fear of what your classmates would say or think, you held your hand down. And how many of us are still holding our hands down? I can count the times that I literally didn't understand, but would never put my hand up. Never. I can count the many times I was in a meeting and didn't understand something. But for whatever reason, I felt like I couldn't speak up because I care too much about what people would say. In the movie, Renee is completely oblivious to the thoughts of the people around her because she perceived herself to be the person that she wanted to be. I literally had no idea what I was going to talk about today. I mean, we had took the time to plan out our season, but as it goes with my life, each week I end up changing it up, and this week is no different. I also thought what a great way to end the season than to pretty much go on the fly. And this is kind of what was on my heart. And so you all know that last week, uh, John Henry and I spent time in Tulum, Mexico. That was absolutely beautiful. And one of the only things that I cared about doing was going to the cenotes. And so there are these underground caves um, of water and it is absolutely beautiful. And I just wanted to go. And so we hop on the ATVs, we book our adventure, we hop on the ATVs and the guy's like, well, I'll go up front. The guy, the guide says he'll go up front. I'll be in the second cart and then put John in the back since I was the least experienced at an ATV. I'd never rode an ATV, but I was super excited about it. And so I put my helmet on and I'm ready to go. And as we're going or before we go, the tour guide gives us the safety instructions and he says, well, this isn't an easy course. This is a pretty rough course. And so as soon as he said that, you know, there's something on the inside of me whenever someone says, oh, this isn't going to be easy. This is going to be challenging. I think either we get that competitive spirit and we're like, yes, I'm going to tackle that. Or we kind of get, we kind of shrink back a little bit and say, am I sure about this? Like I have kids I need to get back home to. And I knew I didn't want to fly off the vehicle like John Henry did months before. So I was a little concerned about it. 
So I get on and we are going through the jungle and I am killing it, y'all. I am killing it. It is bumpy. It is rocks everywhere. At some points, I felt like the back wheels were going to one side, the front wheels were going to another, but I held on and I defeated it. And so when we get to the area that houses the cenotes, there's this one that you have to rappel down. And I'm like ready. I'm ready. I'm getting ready. I'm walking up the stairs. I see the tour guide do it. It looks absolutely easy. I see John do it and he does it with no problems. And then it's my turn. And I am so scared. I'm like, wait a minute. Let's think about this for a minute. If everything goes terrible, right? I'll fall through this hole. I'll fall in the water. But will I hit my head on a rock? Like I had all these scenarios in my mind. I don't know if you guys do that, but I absolutely do it all the time when I'm nervous. I go through every single scenario and it's the worst scenario. The first thing that came to my mind wasn't, I'm going to hop on this, you know, this rope. I'm going to repel and I'm going to kill it. No, my first thought was, what if I fall, hit my head and then I'm dead? Like that was like... (laughs) That was like the first and only scenario that was playing in my mind. So the guy's there and he's putting the rope on. And it's funny because I realized for me, a lot of my fear isn't that I'm afraid to per se fail, but I'm afraid because I never trust that things have my best interest at heart. My fear of that repelling and falling is because I would fall because whoever created this rope didn't tighten it enough because they didn't have my best interest at heart because they didn't care about me. I wasn't enough to care about. I guess to be quite honest, sometimes I've often felt that the best wouldn't be available for me because no one would have my best interest at heart. And it is this that made me a perfectionist. So on one end, I'm a perfectionist. But on the second end, it causes me to fear almost everything. It causes me to fear about repelling into the cenotes. Because I feel like whoever designed this didn't really think this through enough. Because he didn't have my best interest. Everything is so personal with me and I'm working on that and I'm intentional about that. So I go up to the rope and I look up and I'm like, okay, it looks secure. But then again, I see this tape wrapped around the top of this beam and I'm not sure if I'm going to be the one that experiences that tape falling off. But he hooks me up. I get on the ledge I fall back, I sit down, and I let the rope slide through my hand slowly as the rope leads me down into the caves, and it's invigorating, and it is freedom. It's so funny because I developed this uh, perfectionism, and not even perfectionism, more so as it is controlling It's my way to ensure that no one had to care about me because I would care about me. So this became the routine of my life that that I would not just, it wasn't just not repelling, 
but it was this was the idea surrounding so many decisions and so many ways that I managed my life was through this controlling nature because I didn't trust that anybody had my interest at heart so I would make sure that I did. It's amazing because I like to think I'm a great friend. I've always been there for my friends and for my family and for the people that I love. But you know what? I had not always been an honest friend because I wouldn't let people in because I was afraid to repel. Afraid to let go because I'm the one that takes care of people. I'm the one that cares for people. I I honestly believe I was born caring for people. I literally can't remember a time when I didn't care about people. And when you take care of people for so long, you almost forget about what you want, about who you are, and you forget that it is actually supposed to be um, a reciprocal relationship. Give and take, give and take. And you fall into this cycle where you don't quite realize you're doing it but you're closed off. And for so long, I didn't even realize it. It was just the way my relationships and my life was set up. I took care of people. People told me what was going on with them. And I remained silent. Or I remained distant in a way of not letting people into my life and into my story. You look around one day and you know a lot of people but no one really knows about you. It's funny because when I recorded the first episode of the podcast, I let my very best friend hear the podcast because I recorded two versions and I wanted her to tell me which version she liked best and that was the one that I was going to put out. And so she and I have been friends easily for maybe about 17 years, I think, 16, 17 years. So we've been friends for a long time. Uh, We were in the military together and we even lived together for a little bit. Well, actually, she had an apartment and I kind of moved in. Um, And so we've always been extremely close and there's things that she knew about me and I would share with her, but there were still so many things that she didn't know about me. I, I mean, she didn't know the inside. She didn't know how I felt about certain things or how certain things made me feel or what I struggled with. And so when she heard the first episode, she calls me back and she was like, Portia, that was amazing. She also said in her DC flair, but I'm all up in my feelings. And I was like, what? I was taken aback a little bit because I'm like, what in that episode? I didn't say anything about you. And she said, I'm taken aback because the people that are listening to this episode get to know you right away. And it took years and years for me to get to know you like this. So be quite honest, people. It wasn't until last year when I said I was going to be more, more vulnerable in my relationships. And I've been trying and I've been doing it. And again, I have to make a conscious effort, but I had always been controlling and I controlled what came in to my space because I never wanted to trust that someone had my best interest. 
So why do I tell you guys like all of my business? (laughs) Because honestly, this podcast has been therapy for me. This season has been healing for me. And I thank you for that. Thank you for sitting on the other side of, of the podcast, in your car, at home, at work, and just listening. And my hope is that there are some things in these episodes where you are saying, girl, yes, I am there with you. I feel you. This is helping me. I've learned so much about me while doing this podcast I, my wish is that I was able to see someone walk through the journey and that my prayer is that someone will listen and watch my journey and they'll be able to hear the good times and the vulnerable times and be able to say to themselves, girl, I completely understand. I hope that they sit back and someone will say, you know what? I am good enough. I hope someone will sit back and say, today, I am grateful for me. I am grateful for my idiosyncrasies. I am grateful for my quirkiness. I am grateful for my loudness and the boisterous nature that I am. And some people will say, I am grateful for the small and the quiet, timid nature that I have. I just believe that if you take the leap, and you fall. It's not because someone didn't care enough about you. It's because they were negligent, not you. It's because the equipment was faulty. But you, my dear, are right on track. It's because they didn't know how to handle you. But you, darling, are wonderfully and fearfully made. When I oftentimes thought about Uh, my controlling nature or perfectionist, it really was because that was the way that I knew people would accept me. That if I did everything right, that if I had it together, then I would be accepted. So earlier today, when I said that I'm grateful for me, I'm grateful for the mistakes that I make. I'm grateful for the answers that I don't have. I'm grateful that I am the wife and the mother that God has called me to be. I'm grateful that I emit who I am and that it is authentic. I'm grateful for me because if I don't tell myself that I'm enough, no matter how much people tell me, it would be a moot point. I did not start embracing and loving Portia as much as I do until I started loving her. People would say stuff all the time. Oh, you're great and you're amazing and this is wonderful and what you did that looks nice and how you are is is great and I'm so grateful for you and all the accolade and even the feedback. All that didn't matter if I didn't say, Portia, you are amazing and mean it. If I didn't say, Portia, you are enough and mean it. And so I'm almost like Renee, that we go back and we say, you know what? The way I see myself is really the only thing that matters. My perspective of who I am allows me 
to get on that rappel cord to go into those deep caves because now I understand that the world isn't against me. That the reason why things happen, it's not because someone didn't have my best interest at heart because of the way that I see myself. I'm great. So if something happens, that's on you. (laughs) I'm not really sure how old I was. I think I was maybe about two or three years old. But what I remember is it was a winter day in the mountains of Fort Ritchie, Maryland. I'd asked my parents for something and who knows what it was. At the time, I was the only child and I heard yes a whole lot more than I heard no. But this particular day, it was a no. So I was going to show them who was the boss. No one. And I mean no one tells Portia no. And so it had been snowing and it was still snowing. And all the kids were playing around me. My father was outside wiping the snow off of his car. My mother's friends and her husband were wiping the snow off their car. It was just a perfect scenario. Everyone was having a blast except for this girl because I was and can still be a little stubborn. So I started to sink my boots into the snow and I laid down on the snow. And I laid there until the snow completely covered me. I was going to show them how to treat me. Unfortunately, because of my young age, I was absolutely unaware that not only had I put myself in real danger, but my parents were so scared. I wasn't buried enough that I couldn't hear them, but I was also not going to answer them when I heard them call my name. So my parents are frantically running around, everyone's running around, and my parents run up to the boys standing around and they ask him, have you seen Portia? And the boys responded, she was right here, she was right here just a moment ago behind us. And so the search begins in that little space, and there I was, planted in the snow, in my little red suit. I'm not telling you this story because I want you to bury yourself in the snow, But what I am telling you to do is to be certain about the fact that you are enough, that you matter. Not what you do, not your title, not your vision and your dreams, but just you, you as a whole person, you, the person that steps in the room full of strangers and no one knows your past, no one knows your future, no one knows your accomplishments, no one knows your failures. It's just you, that person. Be so certain in the fact that if someone tells you no or doesn't have your best interest at heart or discounts you, that you know who you are. Bury yourself in the snow and stand for you. Teach people how to treat you. Teach people how to love you. And the way that that happens is first, treating yourself good and loving yourself. Do whatever you have to do until you know on the inside that this is true. No more comparison. Shut off social media if you have to. Shut off the TV because God knows sometimes the images there spring up so many negative voices and voices of comparison. Go for a walk or run 
Speak out loud positive confessions to counteract the negative voices in your head. And you heard me say it out loud, not internally. That never works because the negative silent voices rage way louder than the positive silent ones. You are more than enough, my friend. You are more than enough to be that mom. You are more than enough to be that dad. You are more than enough to ask for what you want. You are more than enough to raise your hands and ask that question. You are more than enough to do whatever it is that feels right for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for me. I'm rooting for us. You must think well of yourself. You must see yourself as worth celebrating, worth loving, worth having. Angelina Taupa. As always, we end every show with this declaration. Waking up is automatic. Showing up is intentional. Today, I will show up. Thank you again for spending time with me today and listening to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you never miss a show. Leave us a five-star review and share with a friend or foe. You can follow us on Instagram at I am Portia Scott, Facebook at I am Portia Scott. Until next time, go impact the world.